name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. So the Delta variant is is uh, funny. That's a funny variant. Um, here's my question about the Delta variant: Why give it Greek lettering? Why why do we give Greek lettering to shitty stuff? You know, like variants of pandemics and sorority systems and fraternity systems. Is all Greek? What happened? Greek? Such a proud people, such an inventive and 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 brilliant people. And now just associated with stuff that makes us uh, frustrated. Mm. You know what doesn't make me frustrated? This Ethiopian dark roast that I'm sipping right now. The Ethiopian uh, coffee has got its own thing going on. I think, and I could be wrong, and most of the time, frankly, I I am, uh, is that I think coffee originated in Ethiopia. I think it's actually the birthplace of coffee where it was discovered... um, I could be wrong about that, but I'm going to assume that that's correct because this coffee is fantastic. I don't want to say that Ethiopians are better than Peruvians, but I'm going to say it anyways. Remember last week when I did the creation myth episode where I talked about, you know, how we, I was joking, but how we used to go to the front of the auditorium and after a movie and say, okay, everybody, I want to tell each of you and all of you my opinion because I'm an authority. Well, uh, a longtime friend of mine, one of the uh, great guitar players of, of all time, uh, and he texted me after the episode. He listens to the show, and he li- he, he said he remembers, and he, he, he's like, I think this was you, and, and it totally sounds like me. Anyways, I didn't remember this, but I said that's absolutely possible that I did say this. We used to, he and I used to work together years ago at UCLA. I, I went there um, and graduated from there and took a job in the audiovisual department with a bunch of artists and actors and writers and musicians and people trying to m- make an easy buck so they could do their other stuff. And, uh, and anyway, so we worked together back then and I, I saw the movie AI with, I think Haley Joel Osment or something. And it was a Spielberg movie or something. I don't even know who's behind the piece of crap because I can't get it out of my, it, I just want it gone. It's like in my cells. It's like a, it's like the gamma variant. Uh, he said, after I saw AI, I, I said, quote, he said, how was it? I said, quote, I wanted to get out of my seat, walk up and urinate on the screen, end quote. And that's, and he's, I don't remember saying that, but honestly, that movie was such a piece of junk. I probably said something like that. So even then, even then, I just was going to urinate on the screen, by the way, I wasn't going to announce and tell everybody my opinion. I was just going to express personally my opinion to the screen in the front of the theater. Mm. So when I teach nutrition classes uh, at the at the resort where I work, Sanford Inn, I show the current government nutrition guidelines. If you haven't seen them, do a little Google on that. It's a, basically a picture of a plate. There's a fork on the left, and there's a, a, a the, the the regular plate. Then on the off to the side, there's a smaller plate up in the right hand corner that says dairy on. And I always say, don't worry about that for the I always give a test question anyways on the plate itself is it is separated into four quadrants one says fruits one says vegetable vegetables one says grains and one says protein so as I'm teaching people about food and nutrition and the way to look at food and what makes food healthy versus etc etc um 
the 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 I, the test question is what word on that plate does not belong and why so if so again fruits vegetables grains and protein now a good amount of people a good amount stumble most people stumble a good amount can't answer the question right away then they learn and they go oh my god that's crazy because they start seeing it's like a matrix moment where they're looking at it going holy crap so if you're stumped right now hopefully you maybe know the answer but if you're stumped you it, protein doesn't belong on the plate and why now you may be thinking oh see it because you're plant-based and so you're anti-pro i'm not anti-protein here's the fact you can't put protein on a plate you cannot put protein on a plate protein is a macronutrient it's one of three protein fat carbohydrate those are the calories in food it is a macronutrient in food just like fat is in food and just like carbohydrate is in food but notice that carbohydrate and fat don't get their own quadrants on the plate only protein and that's because there's a move politically and i look i'm not a conspiracy theorist and i'll more than that in a second but there's just a, a little too much influence with private sector versus public sector in the food realm like so much it's so it's so crazy anyways so people are thinking i'll put protein on there and then they they think that's synonymous with meat ironically of course most beef if you're talking about beef 20 percent protein 80 percent fat so we're going to call it protein even though 80 percent of its calories come from fat only 20 percent from protein but ah let's just call it protein but things like spinach have higher levels of protein in them than beef spinach is on average 40 to 50 percent of its calories come from protein if you go well what about grams who gives a crap about grams who gives a crap there's no interest in weight of food on a scale i'm talking about calories that go in your body and are processed for energy spinach has more protein than most cuts of beef by far and so spinach is on that plate in the vegetable quadrant not in the protein quadrant so why problem with that plate is that it's leading people to believe that there is no protein in fruit, which there is. There's no protein in grains, which there is. There's no protein in vegetables, which there is. And by the way, where do beans, why aren't they on the plate? But you know, whatever. There's protein in all of those things. My problem is that people can have a plate full of, of fruits, vegetables, and grains and think we're missing our protein. And it's absolutely false, wrong, and unethical, frankly. The reason I mention it is because my children just went in for their yearly checkup. And sure enough, here comes the freaking plate out there and the doctor is saying make sure you give them dairy and make sure you give them uh make sure you know where they need to eat some meat for protein i mean it's literally in a doctor's office for somebody who is not trained in nutrition it's a problem i have when we do the intake in the form it had sometimes it well it always asks for a special diet and in the past we would write you know plant-based or vegan we don't we just leave it blank because i'm not going to get into it with people who aren't freaking trained and and to have a conversation that's intelligent it's insane they're bringing out this plate you know you make sure you get your protein <laughs> it's travesty get educated eat meat i don't care but no but know about it okay know about it so that you can make a decision about it okay meat's healthier than scotch i drink scotch i don't drink it that much because i know it's a piece of shit for me meat doesn't help you in any way are there nutrients in it sure is it not on the balance good for your gut no it's not on the balance good for your gut okay okay good enjoy it enjoy it if you're gonna do it at least enjoy it for crying out loud your bacteria is gonna be pissed at you but everything else is fine whatever um well man the thing about ethiopian coffee it, it i love the taste it may obviously makes me angry you just heard what happened mm. 
I ran out of coffee. I ran out of coffee, uh, green beans, because you know I roast my own. I ran out. And, I, and usually I plan ahead, but all of a sudden I was like, oh my God. So I roasted the last little bit and I was actually out. So I bought coffee at the um, local co-op. I bought, a, a, you know, about a pound of organic Gold Rush is the brand. I don't know. It looked good, looked dark enough and and uh, organic. Brought it home and roast and and brewed it up for my wife and me. Took my took the first sip of it and out of the air press and I thought it was pretty good and I was like, "Oh man, maybe this is like better than my home." Not even close. Not even close. Then I didn't say anything to my wife and she goes, "That was nowhere near as good as the home roast." Just offered that. It's true. It's a true story. So am I trying to sell you guys on roasting your own coffee? Sure, I'm not connected to it. It doesn't benefit me financially. It benefits me uh, personally and emotionally. It benefits me if you roast coffee. Um, the Back to the whole Delta variant. Um, you know, it's getting, it's nuts. Like my county is starting to spike again. It's nuts. And it kind of, these things kind of piss me off. Cause it's sort of like, now you hear all these stories about people who are anti-vaxxers who are like, boy, I really, I learned my lesson and they're trying to, you know, and now I, I should have, and we, and we're sitting back going, yeah, cause we've been saying that the whole freaking time, you know, like the people who are fear-based and I am tired of saying somebody's an anti they're a conspiracy theorist. If just, let's just say what it is. You're a conspiracy theorist. It's fine, but it's not fine, but it's fine. It's what it is. You're a conspiracy. There's no like subsection of this. I'm No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just an anti I'm just worried about the, this fact. If you're worried about it, given all the science out there right now at our disposal, you're a conspiracy theorist. And even if the science turns out to be wrong, you still at this point believe that there's a conspiracy of people who are lying to you, that there are millions, it'd be millions, by the way, millions of people who are coordinated to lie to you about this vaccine. That's a conspiracy theory. You have no data and no fact. Now, this, again, the science could be wrong. In two years, we could find out, oh, shit, that vaccine, even though all the data looked really good, it turns out that it made your left arm two inches shorter. And we would be like, God damn it. Shit. You know, like that'll be that kind of response. That's not the worst thing in the world. Like if my left arm were two inches shorter than my right arm, I mean, I could sort of lean and people would not really know. You know what I mean? But if you're an anti-vaxxer, just you're a conspiracy theorist. Own it. Own it. Yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Just just be the best conspiracy theorist you can be. That's that's my hope for everybody. Whatever you choose to be the best darn conspiracy theorist you could ever be. Buy t-shirts and stickers and bumper stickers and just put it, just, just be that thing and be it fully. Thank you to everybody who Patreons me and buys my books, uh, Six Truths, not flying off the shelf. I thought that was going to be the bigger one. I really did. I'm a naive. I have no effing idea. I have no effing idea. Sometimes I swear. Sometimes I say things like effing. I know it's just random. Um, it's a, I'm really proud of the damn book. I keep thinking, maybe it's the time I pick it up. I'll read a few pages. I'm like, no, it's a damn good book. What is the problem with people? Probably is it part of, you know, promotion and stuff. Mm. Anyway, smallsteppers.com, smallstepintensive.com. Picked up another client last week. I'm loving the small step intensive. Just having a, the best old time because it's heavy and awesome and beautiful and painful and just and that's just on day one. This episode is called "Addiction is Stronger Than Compassion." 
And I have been thinking about this a lot. You know, I think about addiction a lot as you, if you've listened to this podcast before and, and listened to my old show, Approaching the Natural podcast, I look at things through a lens of addiction. I, I do think that it's in the modern world, a, a, a primary driver of behavior. Um, I think we're, we, we, we're addicted to not feeling shitty. <laughs> you know, we don't, we, we don't want to feel an inordinate amount of stress. We're, we want to feel pleasure. And, and then because of that intense desire to feel pleasure and happiness, we can be swept up into artificial um, things that get us that stuff without it being earned by us. And, you know, things that are obviously the obvious sort of things like drugs and cigarette and alcohol, and but also things like junk food. So things that are, you know, going to jump us ahead to the momentary pleasure that aren't, you know, truly about happiness creating. But it's it's interesting in terms of to me looking at the marriage of a, of addiction when it's in the context of compassion that the two things together because we we mean well and we want to take care of others especially as I'm working with parents people that are in caretaking um, capacities and that's not even just parents but how about people who are taking care of their parents you know and 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 siblings taking care of siblings and friends taking care of friends we we are a pretty great species in that regard we're, we're we we do we do care for many people out even outside of our uh even outside of our species for instance but also outside of our direct familial circle you know we 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 care for people we you know maybe we chair we give donations to you know people that help homeless you know groups that help homeless people things like that it's kind of cool our 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 desire for to feel compassion, to, to help people can be stunted by our addictions. And it's again, I mean, the most insidious one to me is junk food because it's so like, accept, it's like food. Well, we got to eat every day, you know, like we, we got to eat every day. And I had a client one time, she's like, well, you got to eat every day, but like alcohol is different. I'm like, well, we have to drink every day too, you know? So it, there are things that like, we're sort of in the world doing these things and then these little trickery ingredients sneak in like we have to eat every day and then junk food's like oh here this is just food it's just food also i mean it's just food it's just quicker like fast food it's fast so you're in a hurry like this is is great um and so it sticks it kind of sneaks on in there but there is a a real direct effect of of addiction when those things move past treats and once in a while to lots and lots of times and most often or as i call most of the time the mot it's a it's essentially a behavior that's gone awry um and when it moves into that realm it becomes it's such a it prohibits us from doing the things that we might desire on sort of the prefrontal cortex next level existence desire which is i want to care for people in my life and i want to be there for people addiction can prevent that from happening and I think we need to take addiction and look at it more seriously than we take it. I think we need to understand how self, how consuming addiction is. And again, the obvious ones are obvious. I mean, if your friend was addicted to heroin, you'd be like, good, I gotta get you help. But your same friend can be addicted to junk food. And we just sort of shine that on like a, it's a thing. Like, oh yeah, they have such a crappy diet. That's a, it's time to, you have to understand, like even in the junk food realm, like I said before, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I like it once in a while. It's a, it goes awry. Then all of a sudden it becomes this most of the time addiction. And let's face it, it's because that person did not fix their shit. I mean, I think we should be honest 
about understanding what toll that takes on our existence when we let something that is a behavior that's unnatural and artificial and we move it into this place where we rely on it to just get through the day. It's because we didn't fix the thing that led us to that. By the way, this is on the, like, why diets don't work, if you think about it. They don't solve addictions. Diets don't, the reason, one of the many reasons they fail is because we go to them to get a physical result while not fully understanding that the that the result that we are, or how we're currently living is a, is a result of an addiction, not of just, uh, I didn't really know how to eat. It's because you are addicted to something that has led you to a physical result, which is going to be overweight, unhealthy, you know, diabetes and everything else that we're dying from these days, cancer and everything else. And saying, oh, it's got to be just, it's about the food. You know, if I just learned a different way to eat, but you're not taking into consideration that there is an addiction at hand and it should be treated thusly. It should be treated like an addiction. So you're serious about it. So you go, holy crap, this is what this is. Like I have an addiction to this kind of eating. I went there on occasion to relieve stress, but it got out of hand. I didn't deal with the things that were stressing me out and deal fixing my life and making an effort to do, to go to the source of the stress, to learn how to deal with that better so that I didn't need the junk food as much. I just left that. I turned it off and I didn't address it. Then I needed junk food more and more or drugs more and more, cigarettes more and more or, or alcohol more and more because I didn't address the stuff that was underlying. So why should I think that a diet for 21 days is going to address that? It's another distraction. It's another distraction. Take your shit seriously. If you find yourself being taken into those realms of junk food, cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, more often than not, and in a, in a sort of bordering or if not all the way in, out of control way, it take it seriously. Take it seriously. And when you do, when you ask those questions, of course, I'm a small stepper. I'm going to say, easy, easy, take it easy. Because all at once, it's like, that's why I love the small step intensive. Because some of this stuff borders into, and when it does, I go, listen, that's a, you should go talk to somebody who's a professional in that realm. But this is sometimes a, of a, you know, a, person in their 40s or 50s who's kind of subtly not have having having not attended to things in their lives that need attending to and when you manage your stress along the way it lets it out in an easy way and you manage it in an easy way and you fix it in an easy way but i'll be clear it's a soul weakening endeavor it's a soul weakening endeavor to address the actual underlying root causes of your dissatisfaction and unhappiness. It's a soul weakening endeavor, but only in the short term, because then when you get on the other side of it, it's amazing. When you, when you actually take the time to do it right and you get, you, you break down a little bit and you come out. But the point about addiction is stronger than compassion is that meaning well and having an intention to be the best parent you can be and having the intention to be the best spouse you can be. Well, my spouse and I aren't intimate. I mean, fix your shit. Meaning well is fine, all fine and good, but being able to act well means fixing addiction. Means fixing addiction so that the more more of you, the real you becomes, it gets to step into the world more each day. The real you begins to emerge when you when you start to address the actual issues. Well, I want to be a better parent. I yell at my kid. Well, you know how to be a better parent. 
But if you're yelling at your kid and losing your temper, there's probably something underlying. You can buy a parenting book, and that's what the parenting book will say. Ready? Don't yell at your child. Oh, that's rich. Great. Thank you so much for that wonderful. That's like me as a nutritionist saying, hey, well, don't eat junk food. It's not good for you. That's In fact, you don't know this, but that's why they call it junk. Did you not know that? It's because it's not healthy. Oh, holy crap. See, I didn't realize that. There's underlying stuff most of the time. When the behavior itself becomes your most of the time, there's something underneath that you need to deal with. And until you do, there's not a single short-term thing that is going to fix that issue. Just not going to happen. But I will say this, when you decide, okay, I got to fix my shit, buckle in, baby, and figure out how to do it in a way that is going to take, that is going to establish an ethic of self-care in the process of transitioning and in the process of addressing those issues, take it easy on yourself. Give yourself some leeway. Don't expect perfection ever, ever create expectations nevertheless of achieving the life that you want to live. And when you achieve that level of control, when you get on the other side, when your soul has been hit a little bit, but then it comes back stronger than it was before, and you're more in control most days, and you're free to fuck up because that's what we do, but you don't really sweat it so much. You go, yeah, we're human, so whatever, and you move on. That feeling when you act in a way that feels right, that you're living your life most days on your term most of the time, that is addictive. All these little treasures that we get, all these 
whatever treasures that we get, they are breaking us down. But every moment is a voice, and always, always a question, always the question is this, is this all that there is? And I am looking in the glass and seeing a bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly. And all this looking's got me praying without a shred of belief. And it's a pointing me outward, it's a pointing me outward in the opposite direction And I'm accepting my fate and I'm accepting my fate As a bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly As a bit of a whiner and a bit of a fly